Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast, Wannabe NYC, with me, your host, Joe Wassel. Well, if I'm being completely honest, I wasn't really sure if I was going to turn on my microphone anytime soon. It's been a really overwhelming week, to say the least. It's been a very confusing and full of heartache kind of week. Um, But, you know, I decided that the best way to honor the memory of a loved one is to talk about it. You know, we all grieve differently and um, it doesn't make it any easier but it does somehow allow you to turn the page. So forgive me if this podcast episode is maybe not necessarily why you started listening to the show, but I hope that you can bear with me and um, thank you for allowing me to continue keeping you company. This episode is dedicated to my cousin, Sergio Mauricio, and his family. And um, just want them to know that they are so loved and that we hold on to all of the cherished memories, all the summers that we shared, um, all the holidays that we, you know, blew out the candles on the cake together, all the Christmas presents that we unwrapped together. And like I said, it doesn't make this any easier, but I'm thankful for the time that we shared together. The last couple of days I've kind of sat around thinking about grief and grieving and just how different it can look on everybody. You know, um, sometimes when people are grieving, they make it so hard to be known that they're grieving. Some people have a hard time crying. Some people have a hard time talking. Some people have a hard time getting out of bed. And I think that that's something we have to remember when a friend or a loved one or whomever, maybe a stranger on the street, um, allows us to kind of peek inside their world and they share with us that they're grieving a loss of whatever it may be, you know. I think it is then that we have to find ourselves ready to be as human as possible to just listen and not necessarily hand out any sort of advice. Um, It's hard, you know, it's really hard, especially when perhaps you have already experienced a similar loss to not want to give advice to sort of stay connected to the person, you know. But when someone is grieving, I have found in the different phases of grief that I've experienced in my life, that sometimes just being there for the person who is being impacted um, in that season is to just 
be there and um, be ready to talk, be ready to um, just make them feel your love however way that you can. When I found out the news about my cousin on Tuesday night, um, my initial reaction was what you would imagine. I felt my body just go into complete shock. Um, my body was cold and numb. And of course, the tears were just nonstop. I, you know, have struggled in the past quite a bit with my mental health. And I'm thankful for my family who thought of the circumstances and um, were able to share the news with me in a gentle manner. I think that is also something that we could forget when, when tragedies like this happen is that there's going to be a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions and not everybody is going to be able to handle certain situations in the way that you would expect them to. And, um, you know, it's been really, really difficult. And, um, I reached out to a friend of mine who I know, you know, she's in the medical field and has experience with having to process and share difficult news with the families. And she gave me a lot of really good advice, and for that and for everything full, um, because I could not put a sentence together. I couldn't really think. And every time that I tried to think, it would come out through my mouth, and the words were just not really making sense. And, uh, even just talking about it right now kind of, you know, puts me back in that place last Tuesday night. And it's hard, you know. Um, anyway, um, we were talking about the different stages of grief yesterday when I reached out to her. Because, you know, I want to have a better understanding of what that process is like. Um, I have been through that process before um, that I you know, remember that stands out. Once was whenever I was grieving um, the loss of my first marriage. Divorce grief was difficult in its own level, you know. And then um, also the loss of my pet, my dog Thor. Uh, pet grief is also very real and um, it's hard, you know. And it had been a while since I had experienced that kind of grief. I mean, of course, there's also, like, the grief of losing yourself, maybe. Um, but I don't think that anything really compares. And I don't think that it should compare. I think that every, every season of grief needs to be in its own category. Because it's going to look so different, not only on you, but on everybody else. And there should be no expectations of, well, this person is still able to smile and laugh. They must not have cared for the loss. Or this person is sobbing hysterically. It hurt them the worst. Those kind of comparisons are toxic in a situation of grief because... Like I said, it looks so different on everybody, and everybody experiences it in their own way. Um, 
there are seven stages of grief. The first two are shock and disbelief. And I agree. I think that no matter what the situation is, shock and disbelief, um, when you find out that there's been a loss, you know, even just a job loss, it can be so shocking and truly you can't believe that that's happened, let alone when you suffer a, a greater loss of a life. Then there's denial and bargaining. It is difficult to wrap your head around the fact that that's actually happened and that that's just the way that it's going to be from now and until forever. Uh, I think that that's probably the one where a lot of people get stuck at, especially when it's a loved one. You've got guilt because you start to think of all the things that you could have said, you could have done. Um, survivor's guilt. I recently learned about that one. I guess not so recent, maybe two years ago. And guilt is hard. Guilt is hard because if you have guilt, that means that you feel that you have done something. And unfortunately, in a situation like the passing of a loved one, you know, guilt is hard. Guilt is very, very hard. You have anger. And anger can look different, just like grief. Anger is... Anger is just one of those that you're not really sure what you're going to get. And shortly after anger comes depression, the big scary D. A lot of people think that because I've been divorced before, the scariest D for me is that, and it's not. It's depression. Depression is a monster. I get really emotional talking about depression, so please forgive me. Depression is one of the hardest things that I have ever faced in my life. Depression is one of the worst things that I've ever faced in my life. Depression is so ugly. And depression can take over so quickly that it just hits you like a ton of bricks. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no expiration date. And even when you've been able to, um, excuse me, even when you've been able to come out on the other side of it. The scars that remain and the triggers that linger, I mean, it's the worst. And I think depression in the stages of grieving, it is so important to stay connected to whomever it is that has experienced a loss because it's hard and and it doesn't just go away. I think it's one of those seasons that um, 
seasons and stages during the process of grief that can absolutely overtake you. And I feel like for me, that is one of the most important things to look out for and and look into when you are helping a friend or a loved one, maybe even a stranger, um, expressing their grief to you is, is maybe be extra mindful and, and ask them how they're feeling. If they're feeling depressed, are they getting dressed in the morning? Are they getting out of bed? Are they eating? What are they doing? And then that for me is the most important one. Make sure that you check on your friends and loved ones if they feel to you that that they're going through depression. And lastly, you have acceptance and hope. Um, Having to accept the situation at hand. I feel like when you're right at that stage of the grief, it's very easy to go back to part one, shock and disbelief. Because having to accept what's happened means that it's real. And I think that a lot of people right before they get there, they revert back to the shock and disbelief. Um, but in the stages of grief, shortly after acceptance comes hope, perhaps not necessarily like the hope that things will get better, but perhaps the hope that you'll be able to deal with it a little bit easier. Although I feel like that's also unfair to say because maybe things don't get easier. Maybe you allow yourself to feel that hurt, that loss, that pain confusion feel it all um but when you do start to feel hope don't feel guilty for feeling that way hope is good hope is what gets you to the next day hope is what gets you through the next hour through the next five minutes especially when you find yourself grieving and it's okay to feel hope and just like it's okay to feel hope it's okay to grieve in whatever way shape or form you may need to don't allow yourself to feel that you're doing it wrong don't keep yourself from feeling whatever you need to feel however you need to let that out And I think that sometimes during the grieving process, we can forget that it's important to respect the way that someone else is grieving. Um, It's, you know, like I said earlier, it's easy to want to give advice, but definitely avoid doing that. Um, There's not really much you can say or do. That's when a hug A text, a phone call goes a long way. Make sure you stay connected. You feel yourself getting to a really dark and difficult place. Maybe you're feeling a little bit depressed. Call somebody. 
somebody that you know will have your true and pure interest at heart and let them know how you're feeling. Um, If somebody does do that, then you're on the other end of the phone trying to be a supportive person. Um, Be a good listener and don't try and explain the loss and definitely don't ask questions. Obviously, this person is coming to you because they know that you are someone who has their best interests at heart and loves them and you want to show them that that's true. Be there for them. Don't give advice. Don't ask questions. Just be there however you can. I would like to end this episode by sharing a scripture that's sort of come to mind in the last couple of days. And it's Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And with my whole heart, I know that my cousin is with the Lord, and he's safe, he's at peace, and he's enjoying himself in the presence of the Lord. If you find it in your heart to do so, please continue to keep my family in your thoughts and prayers. Thank you to anyone and everyone who contributed to his GoFundMe. I know that my aunt and uncle and the entire family appreciates it. Make sure that you love on your loved ones. Make sure that you tell them that you love them. Make sure you give them all the hugs in the world. If you've been thinking about making that phone call to just tell somebody that you care for them or how much they mean to you, do so a thousand times, however many times you need to do that. And I pray that in this season, as we, my family, walk through grief, that we would be united, that the Lord would give us strength and peace and comfort that we need. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you've experienced a loss as well of any kind, just know that I pray that for you too.